God is so good, isn't he? Just the gift of children to us. The gift of children to us. Guys, I think all of you would recognize and realize that the world is doing everything that it can do to distract our families and our kids away from God. We have a golden opportunity, and we only have one opportunity to make that powerful impact in their life. So tonight, I want to give you just a few things real quickly that most of you that have attended Eden Westside for over a period of time already know. And I want to talk to you very briefly about what we call the seven pillars of Eden Westside church culture. And I'll, I believe that if I were to ask you, most of you could say, I know what that is, Brother Jackie. But, but my goal is that when we talk about this, that it's not just words on a screen or it's not just words on the paper, but it becomes who we are as families here at Eden Westside. Because, guys, it's families that make up this body of believers. It's moms and dads and grandparents and children, and, and that's who we are. We're called the body of Christ, the family of the Lord. And I don't know about y'all, but I am so thankful I'm part of the family. Can I get an amen? And I thank God for that. But I believe that it takes all of us, every one of us, to pour into the lives of young couples and families and kids in order to help them grow and mature and develop. I want to thank all of our church, every one of you, uh, that I look out in this room tonight and I see so many people that's made investments in the lives of my daughters and my grandchildren. And, and I thank God for people like that, that, that people that say, you know what, I want to serve in the nursery. I want to serve in preschool. I want to serve in the children's ministry. I want to serve in the student ministry. And guys, what a blessing that is to have a group of people in our church that would make an investment and from myself to from Denise and myself, I want to thank all of you that's ever made a difference in the life of our children and are right now making a difference in the life of our grandchildren. We love you. We thank you. And guys, I just want to go on record to say thank God for Miss Paulette Bowman, for Miss Leanne Jones and Brother Benny and Connie. I love them. What a blessing they are. Uh, to serve the Lord. We love you, my brother. These people are making an investment in our children's lives. Can I get an amen? And I thank God for that. If you have your Bible and you want to look there with me, we're going to be looking, and a lot of the Scripture is going to be on the screen tonight, and we want to make sure that we open the Word of God to the book of Proverbs tonight. So if you have your copy of God's Word, uh, would you open to the book of Proverbs? The book of Proverbs is a profound book of wisdom. We understand that when we read the book of Proverbs, we're opening a book uh, that is filled up with incredible wisdom. And Proverbs is known as the book of wisdom. So when we open the Word of God to the book of Proverbs, we begin to identify quickly that there are things in there uh, that will help us build our life. And so we look at Proverbs chapter 9 and verse number 1, and this is what it says. Proverbs 9, verse number 1. Wisdom has builded her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. Now, all of you know that when we look at wisdom, uh, the Bible says if any of you lack wisdom, you are to ask of God and he will give it to you liberally and unabradeth not. So we realize that wisdom is entirely different than what the world would call knowledge. Nothing wrong with knowledge, but I believe wisdom gives us a God-given ability uh, to implement the knowledge that we get in such a way that it glorifies God. So the Bible tells us that if we need wisdom, we're to ask God and he will give it to it. And then you'll notice the Bible 
Bible says that wisdom has builded what? Her house. And I believe that's appropriate, guys. I, don't, I believe it's appropriate in two dimensions of our life. I believe that God wants to build his house. And I believe this house that God wants to build is what we call the body of Christ, the, the family of God. And I believe that it was appropriate in the application to how we live our life as a church. But I think it's also appropriate of how we live our life as couples, as a family. So if you look at that scripture and begin to identify with it, you notice that it says wisdom builds a house. And then it says she has hooned out seven pillars. Now, for those of you that understand this, you know what the pillars represent. That is, it is stability. You build a house on a foundation. And the Bible says that if you're going to build a house, you can hoon out seven pillars, and that's what wisdom does. Now, nowhere in the Bible do we find out uh, a very distinct uh, group of things that God says, okay, this is wisdom number one, wisdom number two, and wisdom number three. It would be so easy if we understood that from the teaching of the principles of the Word of God that we could open our Bible and say, oh, here's the seven pillars uh, that Proverbs talks about. However, I believe that when you begin to study Scripture that there are seven things that you could implement in your family and in your life that you could build a strong house from. And if you were to say to me, Brother Jackie, what do you want to tell our young couples? What do you want to say to every young couple that comes in the church? How would you like to instruct them so they can have a strong house? Now, outside of what I'm talking about tonight, I would say to them, you need to come to the series we're doing called Making Marvelous Marriages. Now, that's not on your outline, but I would encourage them to come and do that. Already today, we've got reports and calls in thanking me for doing that this morning, saying, Pastor, we need that. We need to hear that. And thank God for young couples that will email me and say, you know what, we're so thankful that you're teaching us how to have a marvelous marriage. Thank God for that. I appreciate the encouragement. But let's look tonight real quickly about seven pillars that you could build your house upon that is not, I mean, it's going to be concrete. It's going to be strong in your family. And these are things that we do that I believe will help you. Are you ready? Say amen. I believe that if you're going to have a house that's going to be strong, first of all, your family needs to build on prayer. I believe that the prayer foundation is essential to have a strong family. And my family, what I try to get people to do is say, my family will say it. Pray. We're going to pray together. We're going to make prayer a priority in our family. And I believe that, guys, uh, we need to pray with our wives. We need to pray with our kids. Prayer changes things. Amen. The Bible says in Jeremiah 33, 3, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, but Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer you. Somebody help me. And what? Show you great mighty things which thou knowest not. How many of y'all would like for God to do that in your life? Amen. The Bible says, Call on me, and I'll show you. First Thessalonians says, say this with me, everybody, pray without ceasing. How many of you believe that prayer will make your family strong? Can I get an amen? We need to pray together. My family is committed to pray. We started praying with our kids when they were young. Uh, we would pray all the time, pray. Before we go to bed, we pray. We say the blessing. We pray. We, we taught our kids how to pray. Now that they've got kids, they all pray together. Folks, you cannot lose if you will pray together. A family that prays together 
stays together. How many can I get an amen from that? I believe that prayer changes things. Prayer changes family. If I were to say to these couples, what do you want me to do? Brother Jack, I would say, make sure your family prays together. Secondly, my family will read God's word every day. I believe we can't go wrong doing that, y'all. I believe that's powerful. Can I get an amen? We're going to read the word of God every day. Every day we're going to open the word of God. We're going to read it every day. Oh, that's called meditation in the word of God. We're going to meditate on the word of God. Thy word have I hid in my heart so that I don't sin against you. 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17 says that from a child you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on and let's read this together everybody. All scriptures given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness so that the man of God may be perfect thoroughly furnished on all good works. Let me just tell y'all something. God's word works. Can I get an amen? And the Bible says in Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but thou shalt, say this with me, meditate therein how often? That you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and you will have good success. How many of you want your kids to be prosperous? How, about, how many of y'all want your kids to be successful? Well, the Bible says if you meditate on the Word of God day and night, you make that a focal point of your life, then God's Word will not return void. So we say, my family's going to read the Word of God every day. And then thirdly, we write this down. My family will be intentional in soul winning. You, you know, I think that we ought to teach our kids how to win people to Jesus. I don't believe we just need to tell them go to church. I think they need to do something with their faith. They need to know how to share their faith. The greatest missionaries that we will send into our schools today are our own students. To evangelize the schools, to make a difference in the schools, I believe we ought to teach our kids to be soul winners. The Bible says in Proverbs 11.30, read this with me, the fruit of the righteous is what? A tree of life. Come on now, help me. But he that wins souls is wise. Wouldn't you like to have wise kids? Wouldn't you like to have wise families? The Bible says if you win souls, you're wise. And then the next scripture says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you will be witnesses both unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Guys, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be soul winners. Man, I want my family to be soul winners. I want them to tell people about Jesus. These kids up here that we dedicated tonight, wouldn't it be great if we just committed and dedicated tonight? What if this little boy was the next Billy Graham? What, what, if, what if this kid changes our school? What if this kid changes our community? What if they get it, man, that they're going to be a soul winner for Christ? I want my family to do that. And then my family will be faithful in Worship. I want my family to be in worship. I want us to be connected with that. I believe that when we, when we say, you know what, we're going to raise our kids to be Christ followers, you've got to be consistent with that. They've got to be in worship. And the Bible says in Exodus 28, it says, remember the Sabbath day and do what, guys? Keep it holy. How many of you still believe that, y'all? I mean, we ought to set aside a day where we worship God. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews 
that we shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, even so much so as you see the day approaching what day? The coming of the Lord. How many of y'all believe that the coming of the Lord is closer now than it's ever been? Well, then the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. Worship is not an option for a believer. Worship is a mandate from God that we're to worship together. Man, I thank God. for. I love, uh, that's why I tell Leanne, I know y'all don't understand this, I tell Leanne, listen, you got worship factory on Sunday morning, but on Sunday night, I want these kids right here. You know what? I want them to know who their pastor is. I want these kids taking notes in church, and they do. Thank God we got kids that do that. And I want them sitting down here. You know what? People go, well, I want my kids everywhere. I want, I want your kids right here so that they can hear their man of God, the pastor, preach and teach so that they know how to sit here and take notes and they know how to pay attention. That's a big deal, y'all. Can I get an amen? So many churches say, send them out there. Get rid of them. No, I want them in here, man. I want them to know how to worship. I want them to experience that. I want them to mention that. And I'm going to tell you, our kids are fantastic. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Come on, let's give them a hand, guys. These kids are great. They're phenomenal. They, they tell me about their outlines. Most of them draw pictures of me on the paper. And, man, they do that. And they, man, they give me notes, and they talk to me about it. And I appreciate all of you. I love you. Thank God for it. And then fan, the next thing that our families ought to do is our families ought to teach others. Can I get an amen? amen? We ought to teach others. That's called discipleship. We ought to be people that are involved in discipleship, teaching others. Man, I want our families to do that. I want our families to be exactly what Jesus told us that we're supposed to be. Matthew chapter 28, 19 says, go ye therefore and what everybody? Teach all nations. Come on, y'all help me. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you and do y'all know what that is? The great suggestion, right? How many of you know that's the great commission? Commission means that it's not an omission but a commission. We're commissioned to go do that. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if all of our families just invested in other families? We taught them how to serve God. How we taught them that. And then the next thing, I know 2 Timothy is there. There it says the things that you've learned, you need to teach that. But look at the next thing. It says my family will give biblically. Give biblically. I believe that we ought to teach our kids how to tithe, how to give, how to trust God. Can I get an amen? I don't believe that we need to wait until they get to be older folks to go, oh, you got to tithe. I think we ought to teach our kids now how to do that. Uh, you know, I was so excited about our grandkids. Uh, you know, Cooper made some money, and, and he's a little four-year-old, and he got a tithing report, you know, the end-of-the-year report. Here's your report. You know, you, you gave money. And we're teaching our kids to do that, y'all. That's what we ought to do. That's how, we, that's how you do it. You teach them how to give biblically. Now, you can't teach what you don't do. But you need to teach your kids how to do that by example. You need to tell, set your kids down and go, look, you've got an allowance this week. And you know what? If you give them an allowance, you ought to teach them how to be responsible for that. And you ought to teach them to take, if you give them $10, teach them to give a dollar in tithes. If they get a dollar, teach them how to give a dime. 
Teach them that every tenth of you, what you get, belongs to God. Look at me and listen to me. You'll be glad you did that. Because God will bless them as they walk in obedience. I taught, we taught our kids that. We taught our kids, any money that comes in our house, we're going to tithe on it. And there were many times when we would have situations come into our house. And we, Denise and I would bring the girls in and say, look, look what God did. You know what? This is not our money. This is God's money. And we teach our kids how to thank God for the miracles. And we teach them how to tithe on that. And I, I want to say tonight, thank God that we have kids that walk in obedience to that that are teaching their kids the same thing. Look, guys, you've got to teach your kids how to give biblically. And then finally, <clears throat> my te- we want to teach our kids how to, and we'll go on to the next one, how to give our lives away to serve in God's kingdom. You know, we're living in a world today that's extremely selfish. And I believe that we ought to teach our kids how to serve God. How to serve God. Can I tell you this? You don't have to go on the, mission, on the foreign mission field to serve God. You know, we, we, got, we got a million things to do around our church. You know, you don't have to go to Haiti to serve. You can do it right here. You can teach your kids. Hey, kids... You know, we, we teach them how to go to the ballpark. We teach them how to do all the stuff. We teach them how to involve in everything else. Why don't we do this? Why don't we tell our kids, hey, you know what? This Saturday, we're going to the church and pull weeds out of the flower bed. This Saturday, we're going to ask Brother Scotty, what can we do to help at the church? We're going to go and we're going to do something to serve God in the kingdom of God. And we're going to give our lives away to serve. The book of Luke 9.23 says these words. He said unto them all, if any man will come after me, say this together, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow. Follow me. You know what? We need to teach our kids how to serve. We're living in a world today to where most people, most people are saying this, how can you serve me? Can I give an amen? We're, sitting in a, we're, we're living in a world today, especially in churches that have a consumer mindset. I'm going to go, and I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to say to the preacher, bless me if you can. Bless me if you can. I'm just going to sit back and evaluate everything you say and everything you do, and if I like what you say and what you do, you can bless me. If not, you know why? It's no big deal. Can I tell you this? Your life will radically change if you will change the way you serve God. You give your life away. we got a million things you can do. There's a million ways to serve God. Folks, don't wait until they get out of your family to tell them, oh, you need to be serving. Teach them to serve when they're in the preschool department. Teach them to give their lives away. You'll be glad that you did. So let's go back and shout it out real quick. Seven things that I believe that will make our family strong and our church strong. My family will pray. My family will read God's word daily. My family will my family will be my family will my family will my family will will, how many of you believe that's seven great things? Seven great things. And if we build our families on that, I believe that the last thing will be something that you cherish all of your lives. Are you ready? I believe if you do those seven things, you will say, 
this is my life verse. And I want y'all to know, this is my life verse. And you cannot have it. This is mine. 3 John 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. You know, a lot of people say, man, we want to make you a superstar. We want to make you a fantastic ball player. We want to make you a superstar dancer. We want to make you rise to the top in ballet. And all those things are good. But I'm going to tell you, nothing is better. Nothing is better than to look back over your life and say these words. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking with the Lord. I have nothing better than that. Are they millionaires? Have they got all the stuff? That's all peanuts. All that stuff will fade away. But oh my goodness, if I can look at my family, my kids, and I can say they're walking with God, there is no greater reward than that right there. Would you all quote that scripture with me? I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Let's do it one more time, everybody. Would you stand and say it? Would you stand and say it? Would you stand and say it with me? I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Just one more time. I like to hear y'all steal my verse. Let's say it together. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in How many of you would say, Pastor, that's exactly what I want for my kids. I, that's exactly what I want my grandkids. Well, you know what? Listen to Brother Jackie. Build your house. Build your house on those seven pillars. You'll be able to wake up one day and say, I have no greater joy than to hear that my kids are walking with the Lord. Tonight, it doesn't start with the kids, y'all. It doesn't start with the kids. Guess who it starts with? Point at who it starts with. Point at them right here. Starts with me, doesn't it? Doesn't start with her or him. It starts with me. Now, if you're here tonight and you've never given your heart to Jesus, wouldn't tonight be a good night for you to do that? For you to say, Lord, I want you to come into my heart, my life. Maybe you're here tonight and you'd like to join the church. No better time than doing that tonight. We'd love for you to do that in just a moment. I'm going to have some guys that's going to come and stand, and they're here to help you and assist you with that. So these guys are going to come on now, and we're just going to kind of line up down here and Take a moment to get ready to pray with you and encourage you and help you in your decision tonight. So these guys are here to help you with a decision to invite Christ in your heart. Or maybe you want to join the church and you're saying, how do I do that? These guys will help you with that. But I do want you to know that probably a lot of you are here tonight that would say, you know what, Brother Jackie? 
I need to pray for my son. I need to pray for my daughter. I need to pray for my son-in-law, my daughter-in-law. I need to pray for my kids tonight. I need to ask God to help them in their walk with the truth. So tonight, we're going to bow our heads for a minute. If you're here tonight and you'd like to come pray for your kids, your son, your daughter, you want to just take a moment with God, why don't you just right now come on down, spend time with God here at the altar, and just pray. Just pray. Tonight's your night, your moment to do that. What a beautiful picture it is as people are coming from everywhere to pray for their sons and their daughters or their grandkids to lift them up to the Lord. So tonight, if you want to do that, you come. You come. Tonight, if you want to come to Christ, you come. Tonight, if you want to make this your church home, you come. And so tonight, we're just going to kind of sing as people come to the altar and pray. I'm going to get on my knees and pray for my kids, my grandkids. So you sing with us tonight as we pray.